Today on Ag News Daily. They went from profitable on Thursday to not profitable on Friday. So uh, they're not going to grind and make ethanol to lose money doing it for too long. They'll do it for bits and pieces. So uh, there was no official word out of D.C. Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday episode of the Ag News Daily Podcast. Delaney, I am already tired (laughs) this week. I didn't really recuperate much. I mean, I did sit by the pool yesterday, but my skin is burnt and um, Mm. out. So I, I think a nap is in my future. Yeah, I've got to say I'm working from home today. I'm moving a little slower than I was last week. I had a wedding to go to this week. I actually ended up having lunch with uh, Snark. For those of you that follow him on Twitter, I had had lunch with Snark yesterday. So I didn't really get a whole lot of break this weekend to just, you know, sit around and not do anything. So I'm I'm feeling Yash and it's a little, it's definitely a Monday, that's for sure. And I think that that is also reflected in the news wires because I think it was a little slow, at least from what I saw. I don't have a whole lot to share, but I do have some good news for our producers in South Dakota. There's been a new statement that was released saying that selected South Dakota state inspected meat and poultry processors can now ship products across state lines. The USDA says they have finalized a cooperative interstate shipment agreement with South Dakota, allowing state inspected establishments that comply with federal inspection requirements to ship their products in interstate commerce. This new CIS program was part of the 2008 Farm Bill, and South Dakota is the ninth state to enter the program. You might be a little bit familiar with this because Iowa is a part of this, Indiana, Maine, Missouri, North Dakota. Ohio, Vermont, and Wisconsin are all states with CIS agreements, although it's not really something that I'm familiar with. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that um, really either, Ashton. Then we might have to do some digging since, I mean, nine states, or I I guess 10, oh no, the ninth state, excuse me, I don't know how to do math. (laughs) Um, Since South Dakota is the ninth state, I think this will be pretty interesting to look into. And as we are talking about Prop 12, which would make it harder to ship in and out of California. I think it's important to kind of recognize the states that are moving along with these agreements and programs that allow them to have this kind of relationship with other states and actually ship their meat out. Yeah, I think Prop 12 is going to be a big area that we're going to have to continue to focus on. You know, a lot of folks were talking about it last week at World Pork Expo. I know know a lot of folks in other Protein industries are following it closely as well. So it sounds like something we all need to keep an eye on and be aware of. But I'd have to say today is definitely a Monday as far as news goes, Ashton. The big one I've been watching today, the big headline has, of course, been weather, which has had its impact on all uh, areas of agriculture, including markets today. But we did see some trickles of rain here over the weekend it kind of sort of trickled, drizzled a little bit on, let's see, what day would that have been? Saturday morning, Sunday morning? I'm getting my days mixed up now. But we have seen a little bit of weather shift here, weather models shifting here to a little bit more cooler and wetter weather is at this time forecasted to happen later this week. And markets are reacting on that news. Again, these are weather models. They change pretty quickly. But we did see markets feel a lot of pressure today, 
just on that news that we could potentially see some cooler, wetter weather coming later this week. And I think a lot of folks could use it. We were driving to a wedding, like I mentioned earlier this weekend, and we saw some corn that's looking a little bit uh, drought stressed at this point, heat stressed at this point. So I think crops could use it. And I think markets are, are watching to see what happens here. But I was trying to see, I had a statistic. I'm trying to figure out where I threw that now, Ashton. I'll have to come back to it. It was basically looking at the amount of water we'd received here over the past, uh, you know, a couple of weeks. And it was just pretty dry. So folks could definitely use some moisture. Delaney, I know that we down here in Texas, and I think we've talked about this before, but we use irrigation systems. What do you guys do whenever yeah. you know, you're in this? Well, so where my boyfriend Blaine farms, they don't have a lot of irrigation systems over there because they're typically not having to worry about drought. I mean, they usually have a pretty good crop. It might get a little heat stressed, but they don't have irrigation a whole lot there. Where I grew up, Southeast Iowa, they have a ton of irrigation. You know, we see pivots, we see big irrigation systems. So I'd say guys that don't have that are probably kicking themselves a little bit this year, but you just never know, right? If you go five, 10 years and you don't have any drought, it maybe doesn't pay off to have any sort of an irrigation system in place. So I'd say it's pretty give or take in, in Iowa, especially. Well, Delaney, I have another bit of USDA-themed news coming at you as the agency announced that it will begin to work on not one, but three proposed rules to support enforcement of the Packers and Stockyards Act. The law was originally designed to protect poultry, hog, and cattle producers from unfair, deceptive, and anti-competitive practices in the meat markets. And I think that it's come to uh, not ahead just yet, but I mean, definitely a lot of conversations talking about competitive competitive practices in the markets. And I think as a result, USDA said that it intends to propose a new rule that will provide greater clarity to strengthen enforcement of unfair practices, propose a new poultry grower tournament system rule, and it will repropose a rule to clarify that parties do not need to demonstrate harm to competition to bring an action under Section 202A and 202B of the Act. USDA also says that it planned Packers and Stockyards Act's proposals will support USDA's efforts to ensure fairer and more resilient markets for farmers, ranchers, and producers, saying that in the last five years, stresses and disruptions caused by concentration in livestock markets have impacted not only producers, but consumers as well. And I'm interested to dive a little bit more into the consumer aspect of that because I have only been thinking about the producer, and that might be a little bit selfish since I'm involved in this industry, of course, but I haven't really thought about the impact on consumers. Yeah, I think consumers probably feel that impact most at the grocery store, of course, right? But uh, yeah, it might, might not be a bad idea. And the thing too is we're consumers. We still, if you don't have your own meat or whatever you're processing, you're still paying for that at the grocery store as well. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. We we play both roles a lot of the times, and I don't always think about that. I've got to be honest. Yeah, I think there's a lot of folks of us uh, in agriculture that don't, but we certainly are consumers just along with everybody else out there in the general public. But uh, I've got a little bit of USDA or more specifically risk management news here. For those of you who planted a cover crop and have crop insurance coverage, you might be eligible to receive a premium benefit for cover crops. This came out just earlier today, if not Friday. Uh, You must file what's called a cover crop report of acreage by tomorrow, June 15th with your FSA office. And this is to specifically help out folks that have been planting cover crops. They're putting in place a sustainable plan for their farm. But basically, this provides premium support to producers who insured their spring crop with most insurance policies and planted a qualifying cover crop during the 2021 year. This premium support is about $5 per acre, but no more than the full premium owed. So you could be eligible for some benefits, additional benefits here. If you have any questions, I'd recommend getting to your local FSA office here immediately, or at least contact them and set up an appointment because folks are eligible. And I'm sure there's quite a few folks that plant cover crops, so it would definitely be something to look into. Well, Delaney, I think that about covers it for me. What about you? Do you have anything else to share with us before we talk about markets? Well, the only other thing I was going to mention here is, again, a kind of a contentious issue, but we've seen a lot of folks on Twitter, social media, and elsewhere talking about the minority farmer debt relief program that the USDA put into effect once we saw transitioning administrations here. But Debt relief payments to minority minority farmers from the USDA are officially on hold after a federal judge granted a restraining order in a lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of this program. They said, quote, we respectfully disagree with this temporary order and USDA will continue to forcefully defend our ability to carry out this act of Congress and deliver debt relief to socially disadvantaged borrowers. When the temporary order is lifted, USDA will be prepared to provide the debt relief authorized by Congress, according to a statement released by the USDA. So for those of you who were upset by some of the minority plans they put into place, it seems those are being challenged now. And so we will have to continue this, uh, continue watching this and see how everything shakes out there. Absolutely, Delaney. But like I said, a bit of a slow news day on my end. So I am ready to hear what's been going on in the markets. Hopefully it was a little bit more of an exciting day there. Well, it was exciting, but not a great day. We had a little bit of a bloodbath today in the grain markets, as I mentioned there, weather Uh, The news of potential weather pushed markets lower today, as well as quite a few other factors, which we'll talk about here in just a moment with Tommy Grizzafi. But in the meantime, here's where things ended for today. July corn down 25 and a quarter centicles at 659 and a quarter. Dece new crop corn down 28 and a half centicles at 581 and a quarter. Soybeans today lower as well with the July contract shedding 36 and a quarter centicles at 1472 and a quarter. The November down 43 and a half centicles at 1359 and a quarter. 
a quarter. Chicago wheat just slightly lower today as the July contract closed six and a quarter cent lower to close at six seventy four and a half. The September down six and three quarters cents to close at six seventy nine on the nose. Livestock higher today. Uh, well, I should say mixed today. Cattle higher and lean hogs lower. August live cattle up a dollar twenty-five to close at one twenty-one twenty-seven and a half. The August, excuse me, the October up a dollar oh two and a half to close at one twenty-six eighty. In feeder cattle today, the August contract up three dollars forty-two and a half cents to close at one fifty-four sixty. The September up three dollars thirty cents to close at one fifty-six eighty-two and a half. And in lean hogs today, a little bit of weakness as the July contract shed a dollar seventy-five to close at one eighteen. 22 and a half the August down two dollars seventeen and a half cents to close at one fourteen eighty, and wrapping things up here with the class three dairy milk futures. July down eight cents today to close at seventeen forty five. The August down seven cents to close at eighteen thirty four. Without further ado, Ashton, let's turn it over to our conversation with Tommy Krizafi. Well, folks, for today's hashtag Market Monday, we are chatting today with Tommy Grizafi, risk advisor for ATI. Tommy, it's been quite a little while since we had you on the podcast, so welcome back. Probably a couple dollars, Delaney. The markets are definitely yeah. uh, moving. No kidding. They certainly are. And today we had a little bit of a bloodbath in the grain markets today. Tommy, what is going on? Well, we had a little of the hangover effect from the possible EPA news that uh, came out Friday and that definitely rocked soybean oil and took corn by surprise. So when you see those RINs and I'm no expert on ethanol or RINs or anything, but uh, my friends in the ethanol industry, the way they explain it to me, simply put, is they went from profitable on Thursday to not profitable on Friday. So uh, they're not going to grind and make ethanol to lose money doing it for too long. They'll do it for bits and pieces. So uh, there was no official word out of D.C., but just the thought of it, kind of like that uh, Bloomberg piece saying China canceled a bunch of corn. Well, they canceled a little and they bought a lot, but yet that moved corn limit down that day. So a little bit of fake news, possible real news blend in the EPA uh, uh, information there. And then the overall that the weather could be changing if this weather pattern changed to cooler and moisture. That could be a deal changer. So if we come into pollination. You're in the great state of Iowa. You guys are hot and dry. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's better to be hot and dry in June so that plant can root down and get ready for moisture versus being July or August and just never having any moisture. So if the rains came, timely rains around the end of June, uh, rain makes grain and uh, it's just hard to fight it. So come, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it's. We didn't really have any rain yet. They're just they were just lower today on the idea that we could have rain. Absolutely. So when I talk to clients today in Iowa, and when you see people joking around on Twitter, they said, "Wow, it looks like the Midwest got three inches of a perfect timed rain." But uh, we all know very few people uh, receive the moisture. Now, after work, we'll have crop conditions, and if I didn't know better, Iowa is going to drop quite a bit here. And we'll see. We're recording this before that number came out. So we may look uh, smarter. We may look silly here in a few <laughs> hours. But I would imagine you're going to see some states show the, the heat stress and the lack of moisture that you're 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 seeing. So I guess easy, the best way to put it, Delaney, is $6 corn. The bull needs to be fed uh, every day. I've mostly traded corn my whole life with a three or a two in front of it. 
you're not going to stay above six without constant uh, full information news of demand, of weather problems, of something. And so, uh, you know, 580 corn, not the end of the world. $14 beans, not the end of the world. $14 beans, and it feels like the market collapsed. So, well, sure, because they were fourteen seventy five ten 10 days ago. So everyone always wants that price they could have had a few days ago, a few weeks ago, but that may not be available for a few days or a few weeks, or possibly the highs could be in, and that would be interesting. Do you think the highs are in, in corn or soybeans, Tommy? I think it's going to take a lot of energy to get back up there. So that energy would be weather. Uh, if we had adverse weather, we could easily take out those highs and then demand. But if you take the opposite of that, like a cancellation of demand or good weather, then the highs would be in. Do I wish the highs are in? Not not really, because I feel like the uh, the farmer didn't sell enough or protect enough. So I feel with all the money being given out by the government, there was just a new announcement on Friday uh, Senator Hoven's office with this uh, 19 whip or whip plus. Mm-hmm. Delaney, I've lost track of all the <laughs> payments the uh, American farmer has received. And I'm not teasing them. And I know it sounds condescending, but when you think about that, we have close to record prices mm-hmm. and record payments, it's toxic. It's just really toxic in the sense that I don't think this is going to end well and uh, enjoy it while it lasts because it, it never does. Well, I think a lot of farmers get, especially grain farmers, get excited and then they get a little too optimistic and they hold on to grain a little bit longer maybe than they should have as opposed to just pulling the trigger. Tommy, where do you guys sit as far as a new crop corn sold? Uh, For my clients up in North Dakota, very little. So the clients in the Midwest, I would say, are pretty aggressive, maybe 30, 40 percent forward sold and the rest have puts under it uh, getting ready for that June 30th report. Now, the stuff we do have sold, we typically ask, they don't always do it. Again, it's the client's account, but we typically ask the client to buy a call or call spread and reach up for a little bit more of that upside, be greedy. Uh, We know the farmers have the money to uh, spend 20 cents on a call or call spread because they just lost 40 cents in the futures market today, or at least in the few minutes last night. So my, my theory is if you can't afford a call or call spread after you make a sale, how the heck did you afford to watch corn break 39 and a half cents in the first half hour last night? So there's still upside potential and we want to participate in that. And as you know, you're old enough to know these bull markets don't come around often. So you want to participate in them. And if you lose a little bit of money trying to participate in them, I would hope then you had a heck of a sale. So going back to the Midwest people, uh, they're a little aggressively sold, whereas the North Dakota people have very little sold. And you know, everything that's happened up there with the Frost, the wind, the heat. Uh, what else did they have? Just yeah, too hot, too cold, too windy, too wet. Not enough rain, too much rain, and the adverse weather up there is uh, really hurting people. So I have clients up there today replanting beans, and when you're replanting a crop, you're in no mood to forward sell it. So at best, they're forward protecting up there, and still hoping for the best. But I would say the damage up there is starting to. Uh, Uh, look like it could have a lasting effect if we don't have timely rains up in the uh, South Dakota, North Dakota. You know who has it real bad? No one's talking about it. The folks in Minnesota, give them a shout out. They are miserable right now. Mm. They've had 100 degrees and no one's talking about it. So the market's trading as if the rains will happen just in time. And again, if they don't, then we we have some uh, more fireworks coming right into 4th of July. And uh, it could be interesting. But 
it's really hard to make money on the long side or the blue side of the card as as a trader or speculator into the 4th of July weekend because we usually add the risk premium into it. And even sometimes bullish news can be sold by professional traders. Tommy, you mentioned a 580 earlier. Is that your area of support right now for new crop corn? I would say there uh, is very little support until we get back into the, little, the lower fives. Okay. We we had no problem going up to, what was it, about 640 And then we went down to $5 and a quarter cent. And boy, when we shot down there, uh, you saw some demand pop up and everything else. So the toxic environment is that we have a farmer who's long this product, or we believe trying to grow a crop, and the Eastern Belt definitely is growing a crop. And then you have the fun still long quite a bit of corn. So uh, with 40 cent limits, how do you define what support is? I would call uh, one day limit down 40 cents and then limit and a half 60. Sure. If we broke a dollar, would there be support in the lower fives, upper 480s? Absolutely. And with how much corn China's committed to, uh, why wouldn't they be interested more at that level? So I don't think you see great demand at six. I see, think you see the demand come in again at 480 or $5. Why grow corn when we can do a better job growing it and sell it cheaper than they can produce it? Right. Yeah. That that level has a four in front of it. Yeah. Okay. And that's always the question too. You know, we do have some sort of weather market here, but exports may lack a little because they're not going to want to step in and buy at those higher prices. So Tommy, when you look at the soybean market, uh, where are you guys at as far as new crop sold there? Still conservative? When you say you guys, we have, uh, do you mean as a firm? Or I guess I was talking, I'm sorry, I was talking, uh, yeah, your firm, your folks that you work with. Well, I, I just worry about the uh, nice group of people I work with. That's all I could take responsibility. Where other people are, I have a good idea. But, you know, Delaney, it, de- it depends on the farmer. So when you open up a trading account, you have to fill out a form called a Know Your Customer form. And some farmers have a huge tolerance for risk and they're constantly bulled up and think the market's going up. Well, those folks are going to be light on sales and light on protection. And there's a good chance with how much money the farmer's holding, if this market did sell off, that you can see an incredible amount of bushels sold at the lows. But for my own self, again, it's an east versus west thing. People out east are little, I'd say a lot more heavily sold and wondering why the markets are even here. And the people out West are wondering why the markets aren't higher. And I could hear it on the phones all day. I can't believe we're not up. And then someone from the east of the river will call and say, I need to hedge more. I need to sell more. I need to protect more. What do I do? And uh, there is a huge difference between clients I have in the Bismarck area who think they might not even produce a crop if we don't have timely rains versus uh, uh, someone in Ohio or Indiana where I live in Valparaiso, Indiana. It's like the garden spot. I call the client and not far from my house, they said, one out of 10, how great's your crop? He said, a 10. Mm. We have irrigation. We haven't even used it yet. So that gentleman would be a lot more heavily sold and protected and believe the market's going down. So I would say my clients all have a severe case of backyarditis. And the ones who are having a problem think the market should be higher. And the ones who uh, don't, you know, who do have the crop are heavily sold. So it's a case by case thing. And there's a lot of money in the economy. You see what's happening. Used pickups, you uh, used and new John Deere equipment. It's just a hot, hot market. And uh, everyone thinks everything's going up. Homes, as you know, 
Yeah. As a homeowner, I guarantee your home you bought uh, two months ago is worth a lot more than it was then and lumber and everything else. So everyone's got this itis, like things are going to go up forever. But speaking of lumber, lumber is real close to going under a thousand. And that lumber contract just a few weeks ago was at 1700. So markets have a job to do. And the job of the lumber market was to get people to quit buying lumber. And boy, did they ever. And so you're going to hear stories of companies who stocked up on lumber at the highs and sold it for half of what it's worth. We're getting real close to that level. And so markets go up till people quit using the stuff or overproduce it. And I bet you that just happened in lumber here the last few days as we traded the double limit down today. So it's interesting to watch markets work and, and do what they're supposed to do, Delaney. Yeah, absolutely. That lumber market has been one that we've been watching here pretty closely as well. So I'm glad you mentioned that. But let's chat cattle complex here today. Were we just higher simply on the fact that it's a little cheaper today to feed those livestock I, it felt like that. So what a pleasant surprise that I had my, uh, I was so involved in the grain markets that I had put my tickets down at the cattle and I did a 11 o'clock report for a radio station. I said, wow, this is beautiful. Cattle are catching a bid and feeder cattle are catching a bid. And boy, I tell you when corn has a down 40 cent night and it closed down 30, it's hard to keep that feeder cattle market held down. And those guys are not making much money, if any money at all, maybe getting back to profitability. So yeah, they deserve a couple good updates. We're coming into uh, 4th of July here. Uh, cattle being processed last few weeks and last few days will be uh, on the grill here in a few weeks. So demand should be good. As I told you before we filmed this, oh, traffic's horrible. Um, it's, it's just America's open for business. Why couldn't cattle and uh, feeder cattle do well? We've all seen what happened to the hog complex. It's had a heck of a run, little pullback today in the July, but the cattle have a lot of potential and it gets complicated because you have to look at the back months. You have to look at, for a guy who buys a feeder today, how can he take this all the way to a fat cattle and be profitable? And in the curve of the cattle market, it's just amazing to watch how much of a head start people are going to need uh, back there to make the numbers work. So the guys who have them now are a little bit caught off guard. Obviously, it's it must be a horrible feeling to uh, feed $7 corn to an animal yeah. and then not get much for the animal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tommy, uh, as promised, we won't keep you too long. So if folks have other questions about things we didn't touch on today, how can they get a hold of you in chat markets? Yeah, give me a call at the office, 1-800-664-4383. I hope everyone gets exactly what they want. If it's rain, I hope you get rain. If it's more heat, I hope you get it. A lot of potential here still to grow a crop, but uh, a lot of potential for the markets to move both up and down, Delaney. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Tommy. Thanks again there to Tommy for coming and chatting markets with us. But folks, we are going to be continuing to release some of our World Pork Expo bits for the next couple of days slash weeks. We'll see how that goes there because we did get a lot of a great stuff. So you'll have to tune in at agnewsdaily.com and be sure to follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram while you're at it at Agnews Daily. With that, Delaney, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.